0: Welcome to the Fantasy Inn Podcast, where we share our love for all things fantasy and discuss the broader speculative fiction industry. Welcome to the Fantasy Inn.
1: Welcome to the Fantasy and Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about not fantasy books. So books of uh, other genres in general. But before we get to the topic, uh, let's talk about what we are reading and also our names, which I haven't done. Oh my God, I haven't done this for such a long time. Hi, I'm Shania.
2: I'm Tam. I'm Travis.
1: And what are you guys reading right now?
2: Um, at the moment, I just finished the audio book for, um, what's it called? Chaos Vector by Megan O'Keefe. It's the second book in her Protectorate series, and it was really, really good. And also not fantasy. It was sci-fi, which I don't know if we're cutting those under the same umbrella for this. Um, But not fantasy, but really damn good.
0: Yeah, I I don't read a lot of non-SFF, so uh, currently reading uh, Blade So Black by L.L. McKinney, which... I picked up because I first saw L.L. McKinney speaking at a Dragon Con panel, which is my local con, and she was awesome on it. And then I found out that she had like an Alice in Wonderland type story set in Atlanta, which is even more awesome. So I had to pick it up. And it's a lot of fun so far. The audiobook is really good. uh, And it kind of is providing exactly what I would want with a twist on Alice in Wonderland.
1: And I'm reading Severance by Ling Ma. It's A book about a plague, actually, (laughs) Um, but it's a sci-fi plague, I guess, with the idea that it's a young woman who lives in New York, but then um, everybody starts basically getting this fever and the fever turns you into something like a zombie, but you're not dangerous. You just kind of continue doing, like sticking to your routine and not doing anything. Um, And I guess it's kind of sci-fi, but it's kind of litfic in the sense that the focus is more on, you know... The banality of life, let's say, and not on like curing the plague or anything else. It's really good. I'm really enjoying it. And I think it's nominated for something this year, but whatever. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, let's let's go to the topic. Uh, and I guess the first question would be, do you guys actually read anything other than uh let's say speculative fiction
2: i was really hoping you were going to just stick with fantasy so i could take things under the specfic banner and say (laughs) yes i read these things that aren't fantasy but are specfic which would have been nice but um we are the fantasy and we could have done that (laughs) 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 i occasionally pick up some um more non-fiction books than specfic um, very regularly though and more for work purposes or um i mean they're not entirely work purposes but sort of generically work purposes so they're not so much entertainment reads but they are interesting and factual um so while not entertaining i do enjoy them for that reason
0: yeah i don't read a lot of non-speculative fiction books i did actually just recently a couple weeks ago finish a week to be wicked by tessa dare which I guess is sort of like classic Regency romance and uh, definitely outside of my usual genre, but I really liked it. Um, I'm scrolling through my Goodreads right now and trying to find if I have any non-SFF books. Oh, uh, Buried Deep by Margot Hunt. Uh, I guess it's kind of like a mystery slash thriller, maybe more so thriller. Um, It was one of the Audible originals. So it's novella length, maybe four or five hours long in audio form. Uh, It was good. I I feel like it was somewhat predictable, but I haven't read a lot of thrillers, so I don't really know how it is, like how it fits inside the genre.
1: Yeah, Um, so I I do read a lot, Um, especially this year I have been doing a whole um, ratio of reading things where I read four speculative fiction books to three fiction books which are non-speculative fiction to two um, completely non-fiction books. And that's just kind of my goal for the year, to read more non specfic let's put it like that. But yeah, I think it's a little, sometimes it's a little hard to get into other genres, right? Where you're not um, really sure what the conventions are, you're not really sure what's new and what isn't, that sort of thing. Like you said, with the thriller book, where it's like, is it something that is common? Is it something that is uncommon? <laughs> Stuff like that. Yeah, but do you guys, I mean, are you just not interested or do you find it hard to get into other genres or?
2: Um, for a lot of my um, non-spec reads that are fiction, which don't happen regularly, I read them and go, you know what would make this book so much better if it was in a fantasy world? <laughs> like like the, you've got thriller mm. books and crime books and romance books and I'm failing to think of other genres apart from that at the moment. Um, But I read them and I go, you know what would make this murder mystery so much more interesting? If it were in a fantasy world or a sci-fi world. Um, And so, like, fiction-wise, I like the fantasy and sci-fi stuff, even if it's just sort of background set dressing and what the book I'm actually reading is effectively just a thriller, but it's a thriller in space or a thriller in a fantasy land so fiction wise it's very rare for me to actually read something that is not spec fic um non-fiction wise that depends on my mood a lot and if I have the spoons enough to try and understand what's happening in the book because it's probably going to be educational
1: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah for me I I don't know I think it's a couple reasons so I guess first I obviously I'm very biased towards fantasy and science fiction because we are a speculative fiction book blog, but uh, that aside, like I think part of the appeal of fantasy is you can say, well, anything can happen. You can do anything you can do in another genre plus magic, um, but at the same time, like practically speaking, I think. Typically, there's a finite amount of energy and creativity, sort of, that an individual author might have, and some of that goes towards the speculative, and maybe it takes away from another element. Not necessarily, but I think there's something to be said for, like, a strictly mystery book is probably a little better at the mystery than uh, mystery on a fantasy world or something. Not always, again, speaking in broad generalizations here and trying to step outside my own biases towards fantasy and science fiction, um, and then also because, again, specfic blog. I don't have anything to talk about uh, for non-fantasy, non-science fiction books, or I don't have anyone I can talk about them with. So I don't know. There's a social component to reading for me now. There used to not be because I would just, you know, read by myself and then go on to the next book. But now, like, if I read another book, I feel like I can't write a review for it. I can't typically talk about it on the podcast except for episodes like this. And I don't really feel like I can talk about it in like the online bookish communities that I'm in. Yeah, I get that
2: feeling too a little bit, which is why most of my um nonfiction reads are geared towards work applicable things. Um, which when you work in finance can lead to some very, very dense reads that make absolutely no sense to me, even with a degree in finance. Um, and like I read those mainly because colleagues recommend them to me. Um and <laughs> it gives me something to talk about even just to ask them to explain to me what's going on because it made no sense. <laughs> but there is definitely that social <laughs> aspect for me with my reading in general. Like I can talk to people about the spec fic stuff that I read and I can throw those books at their faces and tell them to read them. Um, less so for nonfiction things. Um,
1: I think there's um, a community aspect missing for me as well, but it's not really in the books, as in like talking about the books and stuff like that. I don't mind not doing that, I guess. Or sometimes I do it only with my mom because my mom <laughs> doesn't read any speculative fiction. So we just trade things back and forth with her, except she's a much harder critic than me. So it's like, oh, mom, you should read this. And it's like, and she's like, Actually, this sucks, but whatever. Wait, fine. she's a harsher <laughs> critic than you? <laughs> by far. <laughs> uh. It
0: runs
1: in the family. Man, I have to tell you, at some point, um, you know, Vita Nostra, the book by the Dachenko uh, people, uh, Husband yeah, and yeah. wife, Yeah. So, which everybody's like gushing about. So, I asked my parents whether they'd read it because it's actually, it was written in Russian. And both of them were like, yeah, but like, you know, it didn't change my life or anything. It was, you know, nothing really special, I thought. Kind of banal. But I guess it's good for a younger person to read it. Maybe it's the first time you encountered it. And it's like, damn, guys. <laughs> I was thinking, I tell me about like plots or characters, not like, well, this book did not change my life. So what's the point? <laughs> um, is that
0: bias against genre fiction? Or is that just they really didn't like it?
1: No, this is just they read a lot. So... That's actually not a bad review. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah. So for me, the problem is more with finding books, especially with something like Litfic, because I feel like, you know, again, because I don't really know the tropes or the ideas, I guess, that much. And so when I pick up a book in the bookstore or something, and it's Litfic, then usually they just say something like, this is about a family and their secret or this is about a couple and they change. And it's like, okay, but I, I, I don't know what to do with that. You know, there's nothing to like hold on to in the way that it is with fantasy where it's like, it's about a person becoming a king or I don't know. The kingdom is in danger, you know? Yeah. So that's where I really struggle. that I don't have anybody to really recommend me books.
0: Yeah. I, I will say so, uh, I tried to join a book club late last year. I think the only meeting I went to was in November, and then I skipped December. Anyways, uh, I was preparing for January's meeting, and the book was "The Family Upstairs" by Lisa Jewell. Um, I don't know if either of you have read or heard of it, um, but it's—I guess it was—it was pitched as like a thriller, uh, and so. I go into reading it, and it feels kind of like some of the trappings of fantasy that I'm familiar with. We've got three different viewpoint characters. They're taking place over different timelines. They're slowly converging to the point where they're all going to meet up in the end. And I'm like, yes, like this is going to be such like an epic payoff. I can't wait to see what happens. And then in the end, they're like, oh and i guess mild spoilers for anyone who is wanting to read this book the end they're like oh by the way one of them was unreliable the whole time is actually a sadistic killer and he might kill the other characters the end and i'm like wait (laughs) there's no payoff like that's that's not an ending yeah
1: but i mean that happens in fantasy too to be fair i mean yes
0: but uh, i would at least hope that there's either emotional or plot payoff and there was kind of neither in this one and the tonal shift went from super serious like there was some very heavy depictions of like sexual assault and childhood trauma and like cults and lots of heavy shit and then at the end they're like by the way i might be evil wink
1: well that's just grimdark you know
2: (laughs) i was gonna say that's just poor writing but
1: (laughs) Again, it's the problem of like finding a book which is actually well written, right? I mean, they definitely exist. It's just that the filtering criteria, I don't really have it for, for a genre that I'm not used to.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, this, this might actually be like an amazing example of a book in its genre that I'm just ill-equipped to judge because I'm not familiar with it. Like, I, I totally admit that's entirely possible.
1: Or it could just be a bad book. (laughs) I mean,
0: yeah. I I also went into the book with a bit of rage at the book club because uh, it was a fantasy book before that. The book that I discussed was Ninth House by Leigh Bardugo. And uh, everyone was like, I mean, not to stereotype or anything, but I think I was one of the very few people who were under the age of, like, 50 or 60 at the club (laughs) uh and all of them were just like sipping their lattes and trashing fantasy and being like this wasn't harry potter i was like no shit (laughs) (laughs) oh no
1: yeah yeah do you think there's some books which are like better at like crossover crossover genre stuff
0: like that would appeal to say fantasy readers and thriller readers or
1: yeah that sort of thing like in both directions like fantasy books which would appeal i mean because we usually if we talk about crossover stuff then we talk about more like here is a fantasy book which will appeal to people who don't read fantasy right but we don't talk about it that much in the other direction i guess
0: i mean probably i know uh like the obvious one would be historical fiction where you're getting like basically a fantasy book like with vikings or medieval knights or something but there's no magic and it takes place in our world and it's like loosely based in actual historical events um Mm. but i mean that's also like conforming to the whole oh all fantasy is like medieval knights running around in white europe um and like that's not really an accurate depiction of the genre either uh but yeah i mean there's definitely got to be crossover for certain things like i i kind of felt like for the book I was talking about, there was a crossover with just having the multiple POV characters who slowly converge and you're getting like backstory and 10 years later at the same time. Uh, Although also like I've only seen that in fantasy because 90 to 95% of my reading is fantasy. That might be like common across multiple genres.
1: Yeah. I mean, I know, I think that, um, you know, those big epic like family Stories are relatively common in litfic, which I guess you could um, uh, say parallel something like uh, Game of Thrones or what, uh, well, A Song of Ice and Fire or whatever, where it's also a lot of big family things. Except that um, in something uh, like uh, The House of the Spirits by Isabella Allende, it's well, I guess that's magical realism, but I mean, it's like it's about one family over generations rather than a bunch of different families, for example, or. Um, The Ninth Life by, wait, is it called The Ninth Life? Sorry, I'm so bad at non-fantasy books as well. Um, (laughs) Shit, sorry, which book am I thinking about? Somebody continue. I'm going to look up the book. (laughs) Ah, The Eighth Life by uh, Nino Haratchvili. That's also like a book where there's a bunch of, um, it goes through like 100 years of different generations of the same family. And I think this is something that probably might appeal to a lot of um, fantasy book uh, readers where it's just like a big epic story, but it's focused about uh, on like Georgian life as in like Georgia and, you know, that was in the USSR and stuff, not not America, Georgia. (laughs) Sorry, I'm just rambling right now. But anyway... laughing because this topic it's actually something that like if you guys don't really read a lot of non-fantasy stuff then there's not much to say right
2: (laughs) yeah (laughs) does the news count
1: (laughs) no
0: no okay i've got nothing else then (laughs) yeah so i i don't know i guess it should definitely be framed as we very much are skewed towards heavily reading fantasy and our perceptions of occasionally trying to not read fantasy and what little experience we have there uh i think you've got me and tam both beat on that
1: yes yeah i don't know do you guys do you just yeah i guess for me it's just it's just interesting to see what else is there right i guess i don't i don't know i guess i don't have that strong feelings towards fantasy which sounds really bad because i really like it but you know like there's a lot out there
2: yes but with the size of my tbr I don't need to add more things to it by branching out to other genres. Like It's going to take me three lifetimes just to get through all the fantasy and sci-fi books I want to read.
0: Yeah. And I know I'm kind of like a broken record now, but for me, it's like, if I was strictly looking at it for the reading books angle alone, then I would probably be reading a lot of other genres. Um, still like a plurality of fantasy, but lots of other stuff as well. But given that I'm on a speculative fiction blog. We have a speculative fiction podcast. I'm like consistently trying to book interviews with speculative fiction authors. Like a lot of my reading is skewed towards
1: that area. Yeah, you're just more hardworking than me. (laughs) Because I'm just like, oh, whatever. (laughs) The blog will take care of itself. (laughs) Let's read a romance book.
0: (laughs) But I mean, speaking of at least reading romance books, like just from my one Regency romance that I happened to read a few weeks ago, The romance, I mean, obviously, is so much better than a lot of what you see in fantasy. So, I mean, I guess at least I would wish that more fantasy writers would read some non-fantasy just to sort of branch out and have that added perspective. Because it feels like there's a lot of uh, components of other genres that fantasy and science fiction, I'm sure, tries to bring in, but they don't do as good of a job as someone who is like dedicated to that one specific genre. So, I mean, I guess as a reader as well, it's kind of another reason to read broadly.
1: Yeah, I also think that when it is about things like um, real life events or um, or political or social situations, um, I think there's a lot of interesting things to be done in speculative fiction where um, things are turned slightly on their heads or the general idea is played with or I don't know the book also discusses colonialism but in a separate world like um uh, Seth Dickinson's uh the Trader bar of cormorants or whatever so all of these sort of things are really interesting and they're really good and I think that sci-fi and fantasy can definitely explore them but I also think that there are some things which are easier explored and not that you know (laughs) like for example if I want to read about I don't know, World War II or something like that. Yes, it can be World War II with dragons, but maybe it can also be World War II, just World War II, you know, or about um, like I read a lot of immigration um, literature just to see what kind of things people, other people are going through because, you know, this is something I went through and I want to see what other people are thinking or going through and how their problems are similar or different from mine. And of course, this is definitely something you can explore in fantasy, but also sometimes some things are easier when it's just one-to-one to to our world i guess and i think for me that's the appeal like i don't read that much mystery or anything like that i read more like heavy depressing books i guess
0: i feel like that's very on brand for you
1: well (laughs) yeah yeah i guess it is (laughs) Uh,
0: i'm just saying based on like the books that i've heard you talk about that i'm like okay yeah i definitely adding this to my tbr uh non-fantasy but going on there anyways uh I've kind of, at least for the past six or seven months or so, had to put those on hold because they're very heavy for what I want to be reading yeah. right now.
1: Yeah, I definitely get that. Yeah. Yeah, there's a kind of escapism that you can only really get in, in fantasy, I guess. Or really good romance.
0: <laughs> but soon, I'm coming for you, the unwomanly face of war.
1: Dude, you sh- yeah, that book, oh my god. I cried so much. It was great. <laughs>
0: Like I said, on brand.
1: Um, for anybody who doesn't know, it is a nonfiction book which is a collection of interviews with uh Soviet women who fought in World War II. So um snipers, uh pilots, um nurses, everyone. And it's yeah, I cried a lot. It's very good. You should read it. On that note, does anybody have I don't know one recommendation that they would definitely recommend to to people who want to branch out?
2: No, I don't think any of my books are good for (laughs) recommendations. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I mean, they're interesting the books, financial... but you, you have to really be into the topic because they're basically just a 300-page long info dump. And as people who are into fantasy, 300-page long info dumps are something I imagine a lot of our listeners really, really <laughs> hate.
0: So <laughs> I don't think I can actually recommend or any love. of those books here. <laughs> I mean, that's a possibility, but... Well, I mean, I, I think that kind of comes with the textbook and textbook-adjacent type of literature, not necessarily all non-fantasy. Yeah. Yes, that is true. I guess I can recommend, just because I happened to read it this year, The Secret History of Wonder Woman by Jill Lepore. So, I yes, it's not fantasy, but it is fantasy-adjacent. Um, and it's about uh, kind of the cultural history of Wonder Woman and the guy who created her and it was a lot more of a wild ride than i was expecting it to be like the whole uh lasso that wonder woman uses to make people tell the truth it's because the guy who invented her invented the lie detector test um and like oh yeah and uh i think like the wrist cuffs were because he was like kind of into some uh yeah i'm not gonna go there (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: Okay, (laughs) I think, oh man, I I can't think of just one. (laughs) There's a lot of books that I really like.
0: Well, hit us with a
2: couple. You can make up for me and my lack of recommendations.
1: Okay, so one book that I think that fantasy readers will like is Cinnamon and Gunpowder by Ellie Brown. It is a book about a pirate, a female pirate captain who decides to kidnap a chef because she's tired of eating shit on her food, uh, on her ship. So she decides to kidnap him. And it's a little bit like a Scheherazade story, you know, like Thousand and One Nights, where he has to keep preparing good food for her, or otherwise she'll kill him, or she threatens to anyway. And it's set in like the 19th century. And it's like, it's not fantasy, but I feel like, you know, it's adventure and pirates. And I mean, if she doesn't, if she has a gun instead of magic powers, it's, you know, it's similar. (laughs) So, I think people would really like that. It's swashbuckling. Yeah. It's swashbuckling fun, let's say. Then, a book which is like, you know, one of those, not litfic, but like contemporary fiction, which I really liked was uh, Leanne Moriarty's Big Little Lies. Um, all of Leanne Moriarty, I think, is really good. She is an Australian author who just writes about like life, I guess, which is that terrible litfic thing that everybody hates, <laughs> but, you know, um, but all of her stories, they're just, you know, they're not super dramatic, but they just make a lot out of little things. Um, Big Little Lies has a really good, has a really good uh, TV series based on it as well, but, uh, trigger warning for rape for that one. And, oh yeah. And, uh, it's about, it's about like three moms whose children are all going to the same school. That's important to to note. Because it's, like I said, the thing about that is the worst about contemporary fiction is that it's always just about life. Um, And let me think of what else I really liked. I really liked uh, Lost Children Archive by Valeria Luiselli. It's about a family going on a road trip and it's uh, it's very topical. It's about, um, you know, the immigration crisis in America and um, yeah, it's just like, it's just the parents are kind of falling apart a little bit and uh, they're... Yeah, it's mm, yeah, it's really good. It's really, really, really good. <laughs> I think it's one of the best books I read last year. Then there's a lot of books which I think are really shit, so I won't recommend them. Mm. <laughs> I'm just going through my Goodreads as well. <laughs> well, cause there's a lot of books which like if you because if you look at things like best 50 books to read in a book club, then I think a lot of them are really trash. <laughs> and, cause they're very, very over the top and they are and they often end specifically with questions like they you have the whole book and then at the very end they have these these questions that you're supposed to ask in the book club as though you aren't smart enough to think of a question yourself and so it feels like this book was written specifically for a book club but i will not name any names (laughs) so moving on
2: i actually just went and had a look at my goodreads Mm -hmm. on my uh non-fiction shelf which contains all of two books Um, I know, not very (laughs) extensive there. Um, But a really good one that is relevant to fantasy, but not technically fantasy, is What Kings Ate and Wizards Drank by Krista D. Ball, um, which is really more um, nonfiction talking about food in historical times and, well, food and drink, but in the fantasy setting and how that can be applied to fantasy novels, and the common mistakes made with food in fantasy. Um, And that was really interesting to read. And actually had some good recipes at the end, if I recall correctly.
1: Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, our cookbooks, do cookbooks count as (laughs) non-genre? Non-fantasy books?
2: (laughs) I mean, if they're those ones online that come with three pages beforehand explaining how to cut up tomatoes, (laughs) then yes.
1: Oh my god, for real?
0: (laughs) I mean, the last cookbook I bought had one recipe for milk uh ingredients milk uh directions pour and there was just a picture of a milk jug on it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i wish i was kidding but i'm i'm dead serious
2: i would like pitches.
0: <laughs> it was one of those like oh it's only like four dollars to get a paperback cookbook or whatever shipped to me so let's do that and it was like very obviously a scam where the cover was literally the picture of another book put onto the cover of this book
1: Oh,
2: no. I'm just going to request that when this podcast episode drops, we follow it up on Twitter with a thread of pictures from this book.
0: (laughs) I hope I actually still have it. I might have thrown it away in anger.
2: (laughs) Not with any comments either, just the episode and then a picture
0: of the (laughs) milk recipe. (laughs) Okay, did we uh, want to start wrapping this up
1: yeah let's do that i'm just like going through other books which i really liked uh wait one more one more a non-fiction book it's called 1177 bc the year civilization collapsed by eric h klein and it's about how the bronze age uh collapse happened and i think it's just really interesting because on the one hand obviously it's about this really long ago time far far away but a lot of the things that he talks about are things that are kind of happening a little bit in our world. And so it kind of makes you think about like, what's going to happen when all of these really, really, you know, mm. fine line walking kind of threads between all of our different civilizations if they snap in any way. Like I said, I like to read kind of depressing things, but that book was really good. <laughs> okay, now I'm finished. Okay, what we learned from this episode is that people don't necessarily read different genres if they find one genre then sometimes they stick to it but um yeah i guess there's i mean either you do or you don't it doesn't really matter right, at the end of the day if you enjoy it then uh you should check more books out and talk to me about them if you have any good recommendations and if you don't enjoy it then that's cool too so thank you for listening and share your thoughts on twitter with us